Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kahn Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. And a couple programming notes. I'll be back after the game, wrapping up the Seahawks Commanders game. Then, of course, Tuesday morning, film review, Tuesday night with Bram Weinstein, the voice of the Commanders in our live stream show, and also, do me a favor, check out my son's show, the Between the Hashes College Game. So you want to know about college games going on Saturday? That's the show you want to go listen to. He'll give you his top 10 and a lot of good insight or information just to prepare you for Saturday so you can sound a little bit smarter. Anyway, so I'm going to get to my keys in a minute and the prediction. So just one or one or two little nuggets. First of all, um, the only guy really listening to the injury report is Curtis Samuel. Receiver has a toe injury. He's listed as questionable. Did not play last week against against New England, of course. Jameson Crowder was in there. But it does sound like Samuel's going to play. So I think he's going to be a go. And I think this is one of those cases where if they had the word probable still available to them, that's how he would be listed. So I, I would expect Samuel out there. He was limited in practice. Part of the reason he was limited on Friday is because they had to move into the Dome because we got some bad weather. And I also think they wanted to work a little bit with some of the sound to get ready for that the noise out in Seattle. Um, but anyways, so I think if they had been outside, he may have been fooled. Regardless, I think he sounds like he's going to play. So that's a good sign for them. And really, there's not a whole, there's nothing else with the injuries to really look at. I do think with this game, it's obviously a very, very big game because of where we're at in the season. If this team really wants to get to the playoffs or even think about it, you have to win a game like this. Losing at home to Chicago, losing on the road and losing on the road to the New York Giants. Now, is one is one okay? Well, neither one of them are okay, but one, you can overcome one of those. The only way you can overcome both those bad laid eggs is to win a game at Seattle against beat a good team on the road. In other years, when they've made their run, they've made their little run, they would win some of these games, whether it's Philly the one year, the Pitt, Pittsburgh the one year. So it's not like they're not capable of doing it. They've done it, but they have to do it. And the problem is, are they playing well enough in all phases? And that means you, defense, to then go and go and get that win. We'll get to that in a minute. So anyway, let's get to the keys real quick, or at least for a few minutes, I should say, and then get to my prediction. Number one key, contain Geno Smith. And by that, I mean containing him, keep him in the pocket. There's a distinct difference in his game when he's in the pocket and when he's out of the pocket. Here are some numbers. When he's inside the pocket, he's 18th in completion percentage in the NFL. Six touchdowns, six intercep interceptions. He's been sacked 17 times while in the pocket. He has the second most passing attempts from in the pocket, but the 20th most passing yards. He's not as effective 
in the pocket or hasn't been this year. Outside the pocket, sixth in passing yards outside the pocket. Um, Howell is seventh. So there's a, and it was percentages higher as well. And so there's a definite difference in the red zone. In the red zone, three interceptions from the pocket in the red zone. It seems to at times maybe lock a little bit on and, and maybe force a couple things um, inside the red zone. So I think that's something else to watch for, but keep him inside the pocket. So that's why you want to do that. How do you do it? By the way, Washington's defense is actually pretty, believe it or not, the completion percentage when quarterbacks are outside the pocket is only 37.8. That's pretty good. Doesn't feel that way, feel that way all the time, but that's what it is. <clears throat> so they need to keep them away from the big play. Geno Smith gets outside the pocket with, with Lockett and, and DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba. There's a chance for big play. So you need to, you can't do that. So last week, the pass rush wasn't really a big factor because of how quickly Mac Jones was getting rid of the ball. He had the second fastest time throwing the ball in terms of getting rid of the ball of any quarterback last week. So you couldn't do things like stunts and games of stuff up front because it was just going to take too long and he was going to, the ball was going to go. So you, they only did a couple of those. So you really wanted to get, get a, get a quick rush. And that's what they try to do. You can do a little bit more of that this week. You can, uh, you can, you can run some stunts. You can run some games. You can maybe run, run a few more blitzes, but you, what, some of what you need too is those defensive ends have to really be disciplined. The rush. And I know we've disciplined rushes like the, it should be a, an album name for this defense over the last four years. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's just been a, such a big part of what they have or haven't done. And it's always been a, did they have one? Did they not? Especially when you're facing a mobile quarterback, it's very important as we know. The one thing with, with Smith Williams and with two Hill is if you're, you're not the playmaker that uh, chase young or, or Montez sweat are. So you have to do what you're asked to do. And that in this game is to be disciplined. So and there, there were times with Geno Smith where I'd see him have some success against Cleveland, for example, one time because Miles Garrett, tremendous pass rusher, but he gets about 10 or 11 yards upfield. That's way too far upfield for a guy like this. You want to get to about seven yards and start to pinch, condense that pocket and keep him in there. So I think if you can do that, then you have a better chance for success against this offense and maybe force him into something. And listen, this isn't the Geno of last year where he was the beloved son of Seattle. Now he's the guy that... They're going to, could they turn on him a little bit if things aren't going his way because he hasn't had the same kind of a year that he did last year. So get him off to a slow start, but keep him in the pocket. And you can then do some things against him if you want with, with a blitz or two. Um, and one of the things, you know, again, with the, with the pressure situation, I think they wanted to, we'll see what they offer coverage. But a couple of years ago when they had Smith Williams and, and two Hill at end, they did run some more pressure games to compensate for not having the kind of pass rushers that they had in sweat and young. So there's a way to compensate. And we didn't really see it last week because again, he's getting rid of the ball so fast or a couple of blitzes, but not a lot, but I'm curious if they'll do that a little bit more this week, but again, ends about seven, eight yards, kind of push them in, condense that pocket and the tackles, you know, listen, they're the ones getting the big money now. So you got to make some big money plays, but last week against Mac Jones, one of my concerns that it can't, they can't take the same rush as they did rush approaches they did last week against Mac Jones. You know, you know he's not going to hurt you out of the pocket, right? He's not going to run, so you could rush a little bit differently. But there were a lot of gaps sometimes in the middle of that rush that, that the ends would be, the ends and the tackles would be 
almost in the same gap on the outside. And it was like that on both sides. So you need to be able to, to be a little bit better than that, because I think Geno Smith will hurt you. If you give him that opportunity, he does make guys miss in the pocket. You want to condense it and make him throw from the pocket. And that's, he's been turning the ball over. So this is a way to help get him to do that again. So don't get too high as the end, uh, get it too high up field. And I think you'll be, you'll be okay. But once he gets outside there, you got, you know, two Hills, a good athlete. You're going to have to chase him down. That's where, again, where you're going to miss guys like sweat and young because they were tremendous athletes, but do your job and you condense them. You're going to be okay. And then, you know, John Allen, Deron Payne, one of you guys has to make some plays inside because there are some weaknesses on that line. Seattle's line, they use, I think it's now, it's been seven different line combinations this year. So a lot of issues up front. My understanding is they'll have four of the original five starters back for this week. So they'll be in better shape, but it's not like the line has been great. So that's an area where can they take advantage? Can can Allen or, or Payne or Ridgeway when they come in, if they do the Cinco package, can they get some pressure up the middle, I think they should be able to. Mark your calendars because November 11th is going to be huge. Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira will face off during UFC 295, but only one fighter will leave with the belt. Secure your victory with unbeatable offers on DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers strike now to get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet $5. Get in on the UFC 295 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Download the app now and use code KIME, K-E-I-M. New customers get 200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet $5. That's code KIME. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash MMA terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. Number two, disciplined eyes. And so Seattle likes to give you a lot of eye candy, right? And a lot of things to try and fool you, etc. Some different alignments. For example, they had one alignment where you had uh, Smith and shotgun to his right were two tight ends to his left was the running back. And then the running back kind of does, you know, goes, goes a little bit, goes in motion, does a little fake end around, then he throws it somewhere else. And so there's also there's the different things they sometimes have going on to test. What are you seeing things right? Are you focusing on your job and you where are your eyes where you need to be? Cause they're going to test you on that big time. They do a lot of jet fakes. So do a lot of play action off them. They'll, they'll have the jet go to the, they'll have a jet from going from right to left, the jet fake. Then you have the play action to that side as well. Then you're turning and you're going to throw back to a receiver coming behind the formation out to the flat for an open throw. So you've got to pay attention to that. If your eyes aren't disciplined, if you're not looking in the right place, you're going to get burned. And I think that's something that we've seen from this defense. That's part of the problem. Like Emmanuel Forbes has had issues with that, right? He's not the only one. You know, too many of these guys, that's why they give up so many big plays. But if your eyes in the right place, then I think you should be, you should be okay. Um, they're going to test your rule that they're going to force, they're going to test 
your knowledge of the rules of your defense. That means communication. So that goes along with it. Your eyes are right. You communicate. And there you go. They like, again, they like a lot of the jet action. They they do like those receiver screens. Kendall Fuller is tremendous at tackling on those and to the point where he missed a tackle last week on it. You're like, wow, I don't see him missing a lot of those. So, but just be aware of all of that. And then, you know, I, I look at like Forbes, for example, his eyes were better last week, and it was sometimes it was having vision on the quarterback, but while also still being able to see, you know, through the receiver, as they like to say. So, you know, if you played zone in basketball, you see ball and man, right? And so that ball is quarterback, man is your guy, the guy in your area, knowing when to pass off a guy in in your zone match system. That's another thing too that that goes back to your eyes, and and having them in the right place. Um, the other part of that is the eyes on the receivers, because one of the things when Geno Smith gets outside the pocket and they start to run the scramble drill, Tyler Larka does a tremendous job of, of just boom, turning and going. And if you're not ready for that turn, he's going to beat you. And I've seen that in other games that they played. I think one time was against Cleveland where it's just like, it's an automatic, he sees it and boom, he's gone. So you got to be same with DK Metcalf, but, but Lockett is really dangerous with that. Um, so that's something that they have to pay attention to as well. Because with those eyes, the concern then becomes the big plays that this team has allowed. And sometimes it's a, it, to me, a lot of it is, and I talked about this the other day on the podcast, is in the details of the position. So, for example, if you're, this has happened to Benjamin St. Juice twice. He got burned by it against Chicago. He got lucky, fortunate against, against New England on the same kind of route, that little sail route where the receiver takes you inside, you know, fake inside, and you're turning back out to the corner. Well, on those plays, he has to know he has inside help from the safety. Both times, though, he's overplaying it to the inside. And for whatever reason, and the guy's open both times because of it. Now, one was completed, one wasn't. But know where your help is. That's the details of the game. Know which hip you're supposed to be on. And, you know, I think like Gino's not has not been the most accurate passer. So he's going to throw a little bit off. So if you're on the proper hip and he hits it onto the proper shoulder, well, you, there's not much you can do about it, but that's where you need to get, that's where you need to force the ball to get to and play or play it that way. So you can guard the big play coming back the other way. <clears throat> but that's something, again, this defense, you know, it's funny because they were talking about, they only gave up two of those explosive plays last week. And I asked both Del, Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, are you not concerned though? There was about several more, I mean, really, really, possible big plays for new England last week. If this, if, and then it's been a pattern for this team to give up those big plays. So if you're seeing guys open, are you really sure that you did a good job in that area? Or, but they're like, Hey, it's every week you're going to see missed opportunities from these teams, which is true. However, this has been a pattern. So if it was one game where they're doing that, I'd say, oh, okay, it was just a bad game, but when it's every week, then those big plays oh, the, over time, it's going to bite you. So they need to be better there. And a couple of times it was just a botched, botched coverage. It wasn't even about where your eyes. It's just like some guys are doing this and some guys are doing that. They, and you know, that's my big concern with this team is will they get out of that? Because if they do, I think the offense is in a good spot to then make some noise for this team going forward. If they don't, it's going to be a tough loss, beat the giants, tough loss, do this, you know, seven and 10, eight and nine, whatever. Defense has to rise up and help him win one of these types of games, or at least do enough. Whether it's causing turnovers against Geno Smith, that would be a great thing. If you listen, if you don't, if you're making plays and you're giving a couple up, okay. But if you're not making those plays and you're giving some up, that's that's a problem. So that's something they have to guard against 
with this. And again, with, with, whether it's plastering in the, in the, in the stuff, you know, whatever. And the eyes too, with some of these routes, Lockett is really good. There's sometimes they'll do some funky, you know, just some different routes out of a stack formation where it looks like, you know, Lockett's going to run behind the receiver, um, like say for DK, like he might run behind DK, but then he's going to cut back to the inside and that's a chance for a big play. So they're going to get you leaning and being aggressive, going the outside and then cut back to the inside. That's something to watch for as well. He's a good, they're, they have some good talent there, man. And Kenneth Walker has been a good running back, not having the same kind of year, but you don't want to let him get off either. And you don't want to have any more of those 64 yard runs because guys aren't fitting in the right gap and the safeties aren't doing uh, attacking the the angle the way they should and forcing the guy back inside, holding him to a 10 yard run instead of a 64 yard touchdown run. All those details matter. And that's why I'm just like, I'm down on the defense now, not because, not just because the numbers aren't good and because, it, but it's why they're not playing well. So the, the lack of adherence to details has really, really hurt them this year. And if they're not careful, it'll hurt them again. Seattle is not a huge play action team. They've been doing it more lately. In fact, in the last three games, here's a number that would be is something to, again, another thing to watch for Sunday. And that goes back to the odds. Last three games, Seattle is 15 of 17 on play action passes. They have thrown, they're averaging, averaging 14.5 yards per pass attempt out of play action the last three weeks. That's most in the NFL. That is something that, Again, pay attention to that because they're they're they should absolutely try it against his defense to try and get some big plays. So that again, so there you go. Our favorite off-season sponsor is back to help you get a jump start on your holiday giving. The Adventure Park at Sandy Springs' biggest sale of the year starts November 17th. Save 30% or more on climbing and zip lining gift certificates, season passes axe-throwing packages, and more. Purchases never expire. This holiday season, give the gift of adventure at the country's largest ropes course and zipline park located right here in Montgomery County, Maryland. Named Best Amusement Park in the DMV two years in a row, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. The sale starts Friday, November 17th and runs until Christmas Day. The earlier you buy, the bigger the savings. The best deals won't last. Visit www.theadventurepark.com slash kime today to get early access to the biggest deals. Again, that's www.theadventurepark.com slash kime. The last one is be smart on offense. And so I say that just because of how you're going to attack this team and where you can attack this team, etc. Seattle's last three games, they have allowed 5.5 yards per carry. It was 3.2 in the first six. Now, they gave up a ton of yards on the ground to Baltimore last week, so some of that is skewed by that. However, Cleveland with Jerome Ford, 3.9 per carry, and that was a that's without a, a quarterback. It's P.J. Walker, a quarterback. These guys have a better quarterback by a decent amount, right, with Sam Howell. So the Browns with that, now the Browns have a better line, but this guy, these guys have a more diverse offense right now. The Browns, let me tell you, man, they should have won that game. That, like, I, I you know, you watch it, like, I don't know. Well, I know how they lost. It was turnovers. And, and some of it's P.J. Walker, right? But P.J. Walker should have led an upset on the road at Seattle. The Browns' defense is much better. But they got hurt by some of these plays, by everything I just told you that this team needs to do 
They didn't do all of that. So, but the point is, while the the Seahawks defense has been pretty good, um, or looks at times pretty good, I think there's some holes in there where you can where there you can um, attack it, right? And I think the run game that's definitely part of it. Now, do I expect them to flip the script about who they are at this point? No, I've kind of I've abandoned the notion that they're going to. Again, we're not looking at a 50-50 split here. That's not going to happen with this with with Eric Bieniemy. But could you run it a little bit more often and a lot more effectively? I think that's the key. The effectiveness will be the key. And they were doing that for a decent job against against New England until later in the game when they're trying to run the clock. And then it kind of skews the numbers. But they were good enough in that game against a, a solid defense to to offset what New England would do. And they controlled the ball for 37 minutes. And I know, again, the philosophy is extended handoffs. So along with discipline rush for the last couple of years, this year, it's extended handoffs. That's what they want to do, and that's what they have been doing with with the pass game. They throw a lot of short passes, but that so it kind of serves as that, and that's okay too. If you're getting four or five yards on those, that's what you need. Um, so I don't expect them to be you know some run heavy team on Sunday. However, where it also helps is what they have to do is make sure that you're not getting behind the chains because if you are in that stadium, it just it makes it harder to communicate. And that leads to sacks and pressure. So they've got to stay out of those situations. And it's not an automatic that if you run the ball and first down all the time, they're going to get four or five yards. That's not who this team is. But but can you switch it up a little bit? Yes, absolutely. For a long time, the enemy was very predictable with like the first play of the game, for example, was almost always a run out of shotgun. And I think there was one time they threw out of it for like the first seven weeks. So they, you know, but you can do a few different things out of that, right? I like when they go to those I formation sets, look for a play action off that. Seattle's been good against play action, but the teams that have fallen for their play action fakes where the linebackers really bite, it's when they use that I formation with Alex Arma and they've run the ball okay out of that. But I think it's sometimes you get that play action out of it. I think I'd look for that as well. Um, that's again, be smart. Seattle has faced only two offenses in the top that are in the top 15 in points and yards, Baltimore, Detroit, they've given up a combined 68 points and 933 yards combined to those teams. Now those offenses are better than Washington's, but Washington is developing a good offense right now. And I think, you know, I, I like, I know Jahan Dotson dropped another one last week, but I like that he's now getting open again the, as much as he is. So, you know, so I think there's a chance for some of those guys to do some things because of that. And Terry McLaurin, I think, you know, um, obviously is doing what he does, but Dotson, I think, is putting himself in much better position lately to create more big plays. And I think if they're going to win this game, it's going to be with those guys. Um, so, but Seattle has a good D. They're fast. Um, that's one of the things you notice. But they have again, they haven't faced a lot of great offenses like Cleveland, but no Nick Chubb, no Deshaun Watson, Arizona, they're Arizona, the Giants, we've seen that. Carolina has been a bad offense and actually moved on. Um, Cincinnati was struggling at the time. The Bengals beat them. The Bengals offense was not doing very well. In fact, statistically, the Bengals offense isn't very good. However, I'll take Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase any day. But in going into that game, they weren't quite really clicking at that much. You know, uh, but they still held them the 17 points the Seahawks did. But um, you know, I think the Bengals D is what really won that game. So Seattle, the Seattle also looks susceptible to screens. 
I've seen that in other games as well. Again, be smart. Use incorporate some of those screens. Like, and it's not just it's there's a you they have a variety of screens that I would use. Some of those middle screens to a tight end that that can work. Um, I, I God, I really wish that Armani Rogers hadn't gotten hurt because I think he'd be really good in a game like this with some of these screens based on what I've seen. But Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson, that was his best game. That's one of the best games I've seen him have last week just because he consistently made guys miss. Can he do that again? Um, I think that would be very big for them if he did. And again, those guys make some plays early. This is a different, this can be a different game. Um, be smart with how you, how you, what, with what you've done in the pocket and how you're handling the pressure. The last couple of games, Sam Howell and the offense has done a really good job avoiding the sacks. Those sacks are massive, massive killers to any drive. And especially when you're on the road in, a, in, a, in, a, in an environment like, like it's going to be Sunday. So you've got to be able to make sure you're handling that and seeing what you're seeing. There were a couple of times last week where I didn't think they saw the pressure that was coming. If you remember one of the sacks that Howell had in the corner blitzes where the line is sliding to the left. That's why nobody's looking at the blitzing corner. In fact, Logan Thomas is sitting here, but he's looking inside because they were all gearing for the guy on the other side to blitz. And so nobody saw him and Gibson releases the other way. Howell's got to run for his life, gets sacked. Um, so it's just, you've got to make sure, you know, who's coming. Jamal Adams is a guy they're going to blitz. They're going to blitz off the edge with some of the corners, but Jamal Adams too is, is a dangerous dude. Still very, very good against the run plays a lot in the box. Um, when he's back in safety, I think you want to try and tech him. He's been a little bit better in coverage this year, but I'd hear that about Landon Collins. There's a lot of similarities. Adams is a bigger playmaker, but in coverage, it's not his strength. So if you can attack him in coverage and you've seen this, maybe get some stack formations where he's, or get somebody where he's responsible for a slot guy. If you can get a Dotson on him, then you can attack him with Dotson. So that's somewhere into the middle of the field. One of the things I'd look for maybe is like, can you get some double moves to the outside back to the middle? That's something that maybe they can do a little bit of this week as well, but they will send pressure and how do you handle it? Because they've done well the last two weeks, and some of it is the protection. Some of it is the play calls. Absolutely, Biennemi, I think, has done a really good job the last two weeks with some of the play calls and putting Howell in the offense in better position. And then some of it's on Howell, one, um, getting rid of the ball a little bit quicker at times, but also recognizing at times the pressure that he needs to get away from. And, and I told you about the one in the red zone the other day where – he sprints to the right. Well, they thought it was going to be in uh, a cover zero blitz and it wasn't, but he did know he, you know, I like the anticipation. He still got the ball out because he got out of there. Maybe he didn't have to, if he doesn't know that he probably doesn't, but he still made the play because, because he was ready to make the play. And so sometimes it's just a matter of that, but if he can do that and they can do that, then I think they can have a, a good, a good game. And so there's a lot of things just to be smart about how you handle the pocket, how you're moving in the pocket um, and the timing of everything, but give him some answers underneath. And because if you get behind the chains in this kind of environment, it could be very, very difficult for them to overcome it. Um, you know, with, cause it's a noise, it's just hard to hear. So fasty, aggressive again. Um the other thing is if Washington uses a little bit more motion, that's something this last part of this being smart. Early in the year, they weren't using quite as much motion as they had been for a simple reason. One, because it would, for, not just one, it's because it would change the look of the defense too. So the de you throw motion, the defense now adjusts. So that gave Howell something else he had to read at the last minute. So they wanted to kind of eliminate some of that for him and just keep, let him grow and develop. Well, now you're starting to see more of the motion coming back. I think that's a way to do it. 
I, I love the motion and getting guys into stacks and bunches late to test their rules of the defense, test their ability to communicate. They do have a good second. They do have good defensive backs. I mean, I love Devin Witherspoon. He was one of my one of my favorite players in the draft. I know some people here that was their favorite player in the draft, and of course they never had a chance. But he's a tough dude, plays the run very well. I think you can you can get some things on him in, in coverage, but he is a very good corner. Tariq Wolin had a really good year last year. And not quite the same year. I had some injuries, but I think you can do some things against him as well. And so I think that's the other thing to watch. And then the one guy that you want to watch in front, obviously they got Leonard Williams. That's going to help that run defense, they hope. And you know, this will be his first game at home, second game with the team. So you start to get a little bit more comfortable. We know what kind of player he is. That's a guy to watch. And then Boye, um, Boye Mufe, Boye Mafe. Boye Mafe, their defensive end is a good is the pass rusher that you need to pay attention to. But they're I think these guys, Washington should have a power edge up front. So I look that's why I go back to that run and using some of that a little bit more just to get some momentum and to stay ahead of the chains, et cetera. So there you go. That's those are the keys to the game. Now, as far as a prediction, you know, I wish I felt better about this one for Washington, but my concern is the big plays. If they don't give up big plays, they win the game. I think, you know, if, or um, that's kind of sounds basic. If you don't give up the three big plays, right? If you give up only a couple like you did last week, I think you have a good shot because I think this offense will move the ball against Seattle. So I think they could, they'll be in the game, but I do I trust the defense yet? No, I don't. I think they have to show a lot more and the ability to be, con, you know, more detail oriented, more consistently than they have so far. To go on the road and win a game like this, it's going to take a, an all around effort. Is the defense in a place? This is shocking that I'm saying this at this point in the season. I thought this is where they start to take off a little bit if they were going to, because you say, okay, well, by this point in the year, the offense should be hitting its stride. Well, I think the offense is starting to do that. But man, <laughs> that defense has been brutal and they've got to play better. Can they do it? So I think that's that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to pull off an upset here. Can they win the game? Hell yes. I don't think it's it's not an impossible, it's certainly not. I don't look at this as an impossible place to, for them to win or, or team to beat because I think I don't, I, you know, I don't think Seattle is a great team. Again, they lost to Baltimore. Baltimore's playing really well, bad game for Seattle. I get it, but they also should have lost to Cleveland too at home. And I, again, I think the Browns defense is better than Washington's, but this offense is better than, than Cleveland. So, you know, I think there's a definite chance that it comes down to, do you the detailed assignments on offense, excuse me, on defense, and do you not turn the ball over on offense? If that happens, Washington wins. But right now, I just don't trust the defense. So I'm going to go Seattle 27, Washington 24. If, listen, if they win this game, it's a big, big momentum change for them because then you have the Giants coming at home next week, and now you have a chance to get to six and five. If they can't beat the Giants, Tommy DeVito, just pack the bags now, man, because it's a wrap. But I think they would. Starts with winning Sunday. You win Sunday, now you can start looking at the playoffs with a realistic, uh, realistic um, vision. So there you go. That's it for me. I'll be back after the game to wrap up the Commander Seahawks game. And that's it. I'll talk to you next time.